Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The UFC wouldn't have told Joe Rogan, oh, you're not commentating. It would have been a Disney executive telling the UFC... Hey guys and welcome back to another episode of The Weekend Warrior presented to you by MMA Torch. I'm Rhys Lawrence and joining me as always is editor-in-chief of MMA Torch, Sean Covington. On today's episode we're going to recap UFC 271 with Israel Adesanya defending his belt against Robert Whitaker. We're looking at Taito Ivasa with a crazy knockout win against Derek Lewis, Jared Cannonier with a great win, Renato Moicano proving he's still around in the lightweight division. Bobby Green with another spectacular performance. Can he get a main event next? Casey O'Neill, the Scottish-born, now Aussie, defeating Roxanne Modafferi in her final fight, much to the fans' disapproval. We're going to look at Joe Rogan not being on the commentary for UFC 271. And finally on that, we're going to talk about Israel Adesanya calling out Booker T, much to Sean's perhaps enjoyment and the little wrestling plug that he did in the press conference. And then we're going to finish with Diaz potentially having his retirement fight next with Dustin Poirier. And of course, we'll preview the UFC fight night, Johnny Walker versus Jamal Hill. Yeah, I mean, a lot to get to. But obviously, when you've just come off a huge pay-per-view like that, it's sort of always the talking points. But I'm imagining you watched this one. Just give me your thoughts on whatever you want to talk about. Um, well, I didn't, the one I really wanted to watch is the Arlovsky fight. Uh, I had a lot of stuff to do because I was trying to host a fight party, but at the same time, uh, actually watch it. Um, I ended up having pretty much canceling the fight party midway through, (laughs) even though people came through. Uh, I didn't get furniture. I need patio furniture to to do stuff. So (laughs) I know that's not, not what you asked me, but. Who who won the Arlovsky fight? Because that's where I want to start. Your man Arlovsky gets another victory. Well, good because it was going to be really bad if he did. because like, we talked um, we talked last week about well, you talked about how Derek Lewis is just there to make money, and I was like, he needs to get the hell out of there if he's not hungry enough because what happened on Saturday is going to start to happen more often as you get older people get hungrier there are people uh tom brady's not hungry anymore um he is every bit as capable as he ever was he's actually the best version of himself as an athlete like 
this is peak Tom Brady. He could have and possibly should have won the MVP this year, but he didn't. That's that's neither here nor there. My point is, he can still keep going. However, he's not going to be the top dog forever. There's going to be younger, hungrier guys. And it's a team sport for him. So if his team doesn't get younger and hungrier, what's he going to do? Uh, he, he's on a team with a, a bunch of veteran guys. Rob, Rob Gunkrowski doesn't necessarily want to do it anymore. And, you know, um, I'm saying all that to say that uh, Derek Lewis is uh, he's got to be in a crossroads by now. And I, I warned last week, I warned people of this. He has to be at a crossroads where what's your legacy? Is it really just about money? Because you're about to start getting knocked out for a lot less of it. That's just the truth. Um, he's not he's not going to be headlining anything uh, anytime soon, unless it's a fight night and maybe against Arlovsky. If he loses against Arlovsky, he needs to retire. It's, not, it's nothing against Arlovsky. It's just, it's, you know, in, in terms of where they are in their careers, if that's the guy you lose to, that's just it. Uh, I'm, I'm glad Arlovsky won because that, that gives you a little bit more hope. You know, maybe, maybe he can find a little bit more in him and they can get a little bit more. He can get more mileage out of his career and so can, so can the UFC. Uh, but that's I, I think that was a I know people won't see it as pivotal or anything like that, but that shapes the way I look at, at Derek Lewis. Like uh, you you got to be keep winning your fights if you want to get paid, because like I said, you're about to get locked, knocked out a lot more for a lot less money. Uh, and the way he got knocked out. Uh, didn't see that coming. It was weird. It was really weird. Um, yeah. Did he get he get knocked down on such a. Uh, uh, normal shot, you know. People take that shot all all the time, all the time, you know. Uh, so to see him get knocked out over that, I don't feel like he was he was really in the fight, you know. I feel like he was just kind of like, oh, it's another day at the office, and it's like, well, some days at the office is is, is uh, <laughs> you know, you got to do a little bit more work than others. So than other times, um, but yeah, that was my thoughts as, as far as like the heavy, yeah. Uh, I think I think yeah that, that, that's sort of how I was feeling about yeah we're gonna obviously talk about Derek Lewis first I mean Cole Carr was good but we'll, we'll start with there and what you're saying I was uh, I'm agreeing with until um, I thought he was in the fight but I know what you're meaning in terms of I think he did think it was just like another fight because you know Derek Lewis is so away from the grain of every other fighter on the roster like he you know some fighters say they don't like the media he so he, you know, he says things. He means it. It's like doesn't like the media, doesn't like the build up, doesn't like anything. Doesn't like the the five rounds, the three rounds. Just wants to turn up, knock a guy out, get paid, and leave. And I feel, you know, he got he got that win against Chris Dawkins in um in December, and you know the bounce back from the Gan loss. And you're like, okay, all right, we're back. Most knockouts in UFC history. Um, I don't know if any of that means anything to him and I always thought especially recently with this like rise for Derek Lewis with fans and um, media attention and all that those things that perhaps if he just cared a little bit more he could have he could go that extra step because like you said I mean him not caring so much as opposed to what other guys care you know some guys it's their whole lives and they're desperate to get to the top and stuff he just wants the paycheck and 
you know, Roy Jones Jr. Yeah, sorry. Uh, I'm saying, I just wanted to, real quick, Roy Jones Jr. started getting knocked out late in his career. You know, it didn't hurt his legacy, but it just hurt, like, that's what you have to see when you look at his record. It's like, oh, what the hell happened here? It's weird. He needs to, he needs to care about fighting and winning and his legacy, or he's going to just start getting, he's going to end up looking like Roy Jones Jr. Like, oh, well, what happened with this part of his career? Like, Arlovsky did the same thing. That's why I brought him up, because it was like, what the hell did he start doing? He just started getting knocked out. Like, yeah. him and uh, Fedor, too. It's not that Fedor didn't care. It's just like, with Fedor, his competition finally caught up with him. You know, like I said, the Joe's young younger, hungrier Lions finally got to him, you know? It's not that they were younger and hungrier. It's just that he had been around so long that he had become the old Lion. So that's that's what that's why I wanted to chime in with yeah. that. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree with that sort of analogy of the boxing slash, you know, martial arts aspect of it with Roy Jones. But, I mean, you know, obviously we're talking about Derek Lewis and, like, his decisions outside of the cage. But, like, let's just quickly recap, like, what we saw. I mean, you said, did you think he was in the fight? In the first, I mean, I thought he was in the in the fight in the first round. You know, he obviously had that flurry of punches um, yeah. that most guys would have been knocked out from. So, like, after the, the bell at round one finishes, were you like, oh, Derek's going to win this? Or what were you thinking? Um... I just got a sense that he, although he, he that he was going through the motions and he thought the motions would take him through it, and you see it in every sport. If you just think the motions are going to take you through it, you're going to lose. Um, you you can turn on, for instance, there's pro wrestling on every single day of the week now. Does that mean pro wrestling's better? Not at all, because you can go through the motions, but is anybody the Rock? Is anybody drawing money like the the, the Rock used to draw crowds and money. Still, to this day, even his cousin, you know, uh, Roman Reigns, cannot draw the money that he can. You know, so it it, it just is what it is. I mean, you go through the you go through the motions, and you'll just be getting what you're getting. He, Derek Lewis got his paycheck. He was in that fight, and him going through the motions. This is a, this is a testament to how good he is. Him going through the motions is good enough to keep him in the fight and make it look as if he's could win it. But he, he he never it never felt truly like he gave a damn. Yeah, uh, I think it's hard for Derek because he doesn't care. Like I, when he says that, you know, everyone would retort going, of course you care because you're going in there and it's your life, it's your health and stuff. Of course he cares about that and you know, and not getting because you could see when he got knocked out and then he got back up on his feet after the knockout and he was shaking his head. Like for Derek, he does show emotion after whether a win or a loss, you know, especially after a loss. I mean, he just I think I think when he when he got up to his feet, you could see my I mean my first thoughts were, you know, you're number three in the world and you're just taking on a guy that's number eleven. I mean, you know, how much weight we put into rankings is questionable, but he's now just lost all the momentum he's built in terms of, you know, I'm not saying his career is over or anything. I'm just saying that those top level fights, those big money fights, because the money will now drop. I mean, Derek Lewis will still get paid healthy because of his star ability, star, you know, appeal and stuff. But 
that level in competition will now have to drop for Derek Lewis because he's now, you know, he's just fought and got beat by a guy that's ranked 11th. He's now taken his position. And you could see the frustration on his face. Obviously, another Houston fight, another Houston loss. I mean, the, the man just doesn't like fighting in his hometown. But, um, yeah. It's, 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 <laughs> yeah. Um, it's... It's a tough one. I, I thought when I watched it, just like, oh, I wish he didn't take that fight because I think I said something like, in heavyweight um, fighting, you don't have to be the better fighter. You just have to be first. If you land that punch first, mm-hmm. you can be anyone. And it's true. I mean, it's it's cruel. It can be cruel. But listen, I'm not saying Tai Tuivas didn't deserve to win. But, I mean, would you say that Tai Tuivas is the third best heavyweight now in the world? I wouldn't. I would say oh, yes, because he knocked out there. <laughs> the, the funny part about that is it would seem that I'm being fickle, but that's that's not it. He was you're technically first. right. I mean, you're technically yeah. right. He did it. You know, people do change after fights. They do. There are fights and momentum that change entire careers. This might be that. Because... Uh, there, there's things that you're gonna, you know, you're gonna continue to learn and grow. The plan wasn't knock him out with a, 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 an elbow, like a short elbow, you know, or a forearm. That wasn't the plan, you know. He just got knocked out by that. It was, yeah, throw the hardest shot you can, but that really wasn't supposed to actually knock him out, you know. Which is why he had the wherewithal to just kind of stand there and watch Derek Lewis fall because if he was in the middle of a combo. That would have been something that was supposed to knock him out. But he wasn't in the middle of a combo. He just hit him and he failed. He didn't know that was going to happen. Um, but that's something you can build on because he didn't even employ his whole game plan. He didn't even finish him the way he thought he was. He just finished him. So, uh, and Derek Lewis doesn't care right now. So that's if he cares, uh, stop saying my balls is hot and you got to take a, a dump. And on TV, and then get serious. Lose the weight, get your cardio up. Like you, like you were saying, man. If he just cared a little bit more, imagine where he would be. Roy Nelson had the same issue, and it's not to say that you can't be any shape or size you want to be. Because look at Fedor, and he wears like bikini trunks too. It's crazy, <laughs> you know. But you can be any shape or size you want to be, but. You can also be in, in the best shape of your life, and, and, and that can help go a long way as a fighter. And I, I think that if Tuavasa really, like, he could do the same thing. He could drop a ton of weight, get serious, get that stamina up, and re- retain that power. And really, like, what if he does that? What if he just comes back and says, yeah, man, I got what a nutritionist, and look at my body now. Not just look at his body, look at what he'd be able to do if he had stamina like a Stipe, you know, or like a Daniel Cormier. And I, I, uh, I know I said Daniel Cormier, and I, I see how a couple of his fights went in heavyweight. But you got to understand, he was outputting maximum effort against Stipe. And he was kicking his ass for the entire fight until he gassed out. But Im- imagine being someone with crazy knockout power. You're the man that knocked out Derrick Lewis, and now you can put a gas tank on that, too. So, yes, there's a lot of upside, and I would say yes, because of that potential and upside. Sure, he's number three right now, and um, Derrick Lewis, 
No, he, that's a fight you don't take because you risk too much. If you're Derek Lewis, what you want to do is fight Francis Nagano because you beat him. He should have held out into that fight. I hate saying that because I hate when fighters hold out. But if we're talking about money, we're talking about the big time, we're talking about everything on the line, he, more than anyone else, should have waited for that big money fight against Francis Nagano. So if you are, we'll, we'll do the winner first. If you're tied to Ivasa, who do you want him against next? Is it Cyril Gan? Is it Stipe? I mean, he's ranked three, so you you know usually you're looking around two, three, four, number one. Like this is crazy, but I mean, who who do you want to see him fight? Uh, that's hard on the top. What's Arlovsky ranked at? Is he ranked? I think Arlovsky. I mean, t- to be honest though, it's like how do you go from Derek Lewis to Arlovsky? I mean, Arlovsky is on a on a great run. Let's Derek just Lewis go from three to eleven. That's their fault. Like we said, how much stock can we put in the rankings? He shouldn't have got his ass whooped. He shouldn't have got knocked out. That's not my fault. That's the career he chose, and I'm gonna put his ass where he belongs. Back in the line, Derek Lewis. You and Curtis Blades. I'm sick of playing games, Reese. I'm done with it. Hey, <laughs> Greg Lewis, back in the line, chump. Uh, I love it. Who, and, and just with Curtis Blades. But um, to answer the question, it's hard because I would rather him take a tiny step back and let more uh, – to, to Avasa take the step back and let things kind of play out a little bit more in his favor. Because you got a new fresh matchup right there. You got a new guy at the top, uh, in the top ranking. And you can do a lot of things with that if you do it right. So if Arlovsky is, is low enough, feed, feed, him, feed Arlovsky to him, okay? Because Arlovsky can just bounce back. He doesn't care what he's doing right now. He's just out there and happy to be there. If Arlovsky is too high, then maybe you save him for someone else. But what, you don't save Arlovsky at this point. You feed him. So probably that. I know it seems like a step back, but... Well, you're actually right, though, because I'm looking at the rankings now. It's funny that we said a couple of minutes ago that how much weight we put in our rankings, and I'm currently looking them up. But, um, I mean, from 6 to 13, all fighters have scheduled fights, so they're all out of it. So you look at, you know, for Taito Ivasa, it's either Cyril Gan, Stipe Miocic, I mean, I can't see him having a title fight next. John Jones probably, most likely, or Stipe. So you're either got, you know, Cyril Garnett too, or I. I to be honest, my first thoughts were perhaps a rematch. Like I know he got knocked out bad, but I think if Derek Lewis, you know, calls for that, I think there's a good shot that they might do it again. Um, and then obviously you've got, you know, your Arlovsky at number sixteen, Walt Harris and Sakai that he's already just fought. So, I mean. Not too much in terms of next opponents. I like what you said about just weighing it out. I think he should do that. He's just come off a massive win. Um, he took some damage in the first round. I think if he just takes his time, waits for this heavyweight division to play out a little bit, um, and then we'll see you know, what happens from there. But, you know, we'll, we'll move on. We'll, we'll, we'll kind of, um, you know, when I went co-main event first, usually it's the main event, but I think we've got to talk about it. I mean, it wasn't perhaps as exciting, but um, wasn't quite exciting. Izzy versus uh, Rob, what was your thoughts? I'm disappointed that um, 
Whitaker thought he won that fight. That's he has that UFC quality yeah. where oh I thought I'd done enough. What the hell were you watching? Like, and wish he could have watched uh, the highlight. He should have watched the highlights with everybody else and saw that he did absolutely nothing to really win that fight. That's not a knock on him. I mean, he didn't lose. He didn't get his ass whooped like he did that first round. I mean, that first fight because he did win that first fight. And I'm glad he didn't get beat up. But he didn't do nearly what he thought. It, like in his head, he did. He said, "Oh, I was executing my game plan perfectly. What was it to not lose? Because you didn't win. Like not, not losing isn't winning. You know, like not getting beat up doesn't mean you win. It is a fight. You should be trying to kill him, not like necessarily murder him, but you should be trying to kill him inside that octagon. Anything short of that." And I don't think you really understand what you're doing for a living. And he was like, his game plan. Uh, I mean, you can't gouge his eyes out, but if it was legal, you should have been trying to gouge his eyes out. Like, what, what, what was he, you, you tell me, what was his game plan again? Like, what was he, what was he doing? Yeah, I mean, you know, they said on the commentary that the game plan was to, um, ad- not advance, but just, you know, ramp up the interest of looking at how they can use wrestling to their advantage. I mean, we all know Izzy's takedown defense is very good. It's gotten a lot better since he got, you know, essentially manhandled by Jan Blachowicz, um for 25 minutes. But I think for how much it was about wrestling and trying to get the takedowns, as soon as that wasn't really becoming an option in the fight, I think that was where you saw a bit of the lull and Robert Whitaker in some of those rounds where he just, you know, perhaps a bit of fatigue as well at times, but it was like, right, this is the game plan. He said it worked in the post-fight uh, interview. Um, it kind of worked. I mean, he got a couple of takedowns in there. Um, but you're right. He, I, I was a little disappointed. Um, not in his, not by him. I mean, I think he, I think he's brilliant. I think um, he's a champion. He's a future Hall of Fame fighter and all that. But I was a little bit disappointed that he, he thought he did enough because, sure, I mean, you can tell by the coaches, I don't think they were, you know, telling him that. I think they were being quite honest and brutal and what they needed to do. And for me, I just think if if you come away from a fight like that and you think you did enough, mm, I don't know. And, and also him saying that he, he was proud of himself that he was able to get close. But because, after being a champion, I don't know if I'm... A massive fan of that mindset. I mean, who are we to judge? You know, we're just, but we're just really just, you know, talking a little bit about it. And for him to say the fact that he didn't think he, he thought he did enough, but then he's okay with it. The fact that he didn't win, but he tried, and it's like, but you're a former champion, and yeah, I would assume that you have this next level minds mindset and mentality where you're so competitive, and you know, not everyone's like that. But I, I, I was a little bit disappointed. I thought. I could see why it could be scored 4-1 Izzy. Um, I had it 48-47, leaning perhaps more to 4-1 Izzy, but I thought he did enough in 2-5 and five to get you know those two rounds, but obviously that means he you know he, he was nowhere near getting the decision. Um, I had it in 3-2. I don't really know what people saw in round two. I feel like they can confuse it in round three. I don't, I, maybe... It's weird, you know. It's a, you look at the when, once the fight's over, you look at it as a whole. So you forget kind of what round was what, unless it was really significant. Yeah. So for me, 
he won round three and five. I think his output in three was in three and five was much greater. I think in uh, two, it might have equaled, but it wasn't quite to the championship level he needed. Um, well, that's I, interesting because the judges' scorecards, we look at them, uh, they got posted, obviously, and it's like, you're right, some of the judges scored the, the third round for, to Rob, and, you know, two of them didn't score the second round. And everyone, you know, the commentary, they were saying, oh, the second round he was good, and, and you're right, that's exactly what you're saying about... Um, People kind of forgetting. I mean, I just it stood out to me. Two and five stood out to me on first glance. Um, haven't really watched it back. So, um, but I, I kind of like those fights where, you know, it wasn't too much in it. It was kind of close, but the right person wins. And it reminds me so. Those two remind me so much of Usman and Covington, where those are the two best in the division. And you know, Rob yeah, Whitaker, yeah. Robert Whitaker will go away. Um take however many fights he needs to, to get back to Izzy. He's going to beat everyone else in that division and he's going to be right back for the third fight. It's it's the level of Izzy's there at the top, Rob Wicker's just blown, and then everyone else is a little bit down. And it's just hard because then it becomes a bit repetitive. And we were saying before the fight that, you know, this isn't the most exciting division now because Izzy's just dominating it. And I see a lot of resemblances between, you know, 185 and 170, and I, I don't know. I, yeah, I just, it's, it needs something. It needs something. Yeah, I think they. I think it should be automatic. If you lose your second title fight like that, like, I think you should automatically have to uh, go to the next weight class. Because Kobe Covington, you know, I think it's the same situation. I was like, well, you should just have to go to the next weight class because you can't cut it here. What are you going to do, just be a gatekeeper? I, I don't think it's good for someone's men, uh, mental state to do that. Like, you got to be able to move on. You got to be able to move up. And you got to be looking for something new and fresh. And I think after your second title loss, you absolutely have to move on. Like, if you lost the title, if, if you lose your title fight, you should have to move to another. Uh, if you lose... If you get your ass handed to you in your title fight, you should have to move weight classes. Donald Cerrone uh, had to, you know, when he lost big fights, he, he could move between weight classes, but, like, he kept it moving, and I res- I always respected him for it. Like, that's the best thing about Donald Cerrone is he was that first Iron Man and say, hey, I just fought, I just went out there, and I could do it again next month. And I think a lot of guys need that mentality, and they need that, hey, I can cut weight, and I or I can just stay at this weight. Whatever weight you need me to fight at, I'm a fighter. I can fight at that weight. If everybody's not trying to do what Donald Cerrone, if everybody's not trying to have his mentality and do what he did, I don't even think you should be fighting. For, for one, you should only be cutting weight if you're good at doing it, and you can do it, like a Conor McGregor and a Donald Cerrone. Not a whole lot of those people, but if you can't maintain your weight, even Amanda Nunes, I don't give a damn if Oh, I had a bad weight cut. Well, then stop cutting weight and just fight people your own size. Don't have any sympathy for you. I do not care. I don't care if you have to be on an IV or none of that. You chose this and you keep choosing it. Stop it. Robert Whitaker needs to fight bigger people or get out of fighting. Or if he can cut weight, cut weight. He's a big dude to me. Looks like he needs to move up. Paulo Costa needs to move up. I just think People can move up, and it's fine. It's not even moving up. It's just fighting people your own size. I think Izzy needs to move up. I think Whitaker needs to move up. See, they'll be fighting each other again, 
but the road to get there would be way better because Izzy would have to defend himself against uh, defend. Uh, he'd have to go and get the title from uh, Glover, right? And then he had to defend it against Blahovitz again, and 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 uh, Whitaker could have had to go up against Reyes, and you see, like that sounds super intriguing. Mm. But hearing Robert Whitaker go through that division again is just no. And and hearing Kobe Covington going through that division, no, I don't want to see either one of those. I want to yeah. see it. I want to hear it. Ew, no, <laughs> ew. I'm just saying, fight different people at different weight classes because. This is just ridiculous. That's a that's a great point. Um, because I, you know, personally, I I think I think you've got to respect. You know, Sean's a very um, astute mind when it comes to pro wrestling, as you guys might know by now. Um, and I think if, even if you don't necessarily like the persona, I think you respect um Kobe Covington as a heel in the UFC. I think was that a fair assessment? Say that. Um, that you respect if you don't perhaps like him, but you respect Kobe Covington as a heel and what he what he brings um, from that aspect in the UFC. Uh, John had to get fired. He he did the Doctor of Thug Comment stuff and started freestyling. So yeah, I mean it, everybody's got to find their something. You know, everybody yeah. find something. <laughs> look, look at the star he turned into him. Look at the star Kobe Covington is like. This is a big fight with Masvidal because of those guys' personalities that they finally let shine through. And these guys shouldn't leave the UFC because they're they're big names. They can draw money. If they want to leave, they can. But I think I believe the most money they can draw, being the names they are, are through the UFC. Masvidal was on the cover of a video game, so. You know, Kobe Covington can be as well. So I, I think that's where, if you're a big enough name, you can make your money there. But we'll see. Yeah, I mean, yeah, what I was saying is, like, obviously, you know, you know, I, I respect that. We all know that it's not real at this point. I mean, if you still believe that Kobe Covington actually is that person in real life, I mean, you, yeah, no comment on that type of person. But it, for me, what you're saying about Kobe... Robert Whitaker, I mean, there'll be a few others that come to mind that, you know, they're they're right at the top of the division, but they just can't take that next step to the title. They can't, they come up short in the big fights and you feel sorry, you, you feel a sympathy for them because you know how hard it is for them to get to that point and they just can't get over the edge and you're just like, oh, maybe next time. But that maybe next time, I don't want to see that maybe next You know, I don't, I don't want to see Kobe Covington, you know, beat Masvidal and then fight another fight, like a Nate Diaz at 170, and then another fight, and then he's won three in a row, and they go, all right, well, there's no one else again. Let's make Kobe Covington versus Kamaru Usman three. Because for all that, I would love to watch those fights ten times, you know, the, the, the top-level guys in the division. It's just, like you said, it's just, I mean, that's just not good for anyone. It's not good for Kobe. Um, it, you know, it, that's a lot. That's a grueling process. Um for fun like here's the thing can we just have a random catchweight fight like uh the bmf title should just be a catchweight title mm, robert whitaker versus kobe covington just because they want to whoop each other's ass how about that we don't get any of that anymore in anything like in anything even the scripted sport 
WWE doesn't give us that. Even they don't give us, oh, for the sake of, let's just do it because these guys want to do it. You know, AEW gives us that, but that's all they give us. And no meat, like no meat on the balls. It's just, oh, these two guys are going to a 20 minute match. For what? I don't even know who one of them is. <laughs> you know, like, so it's, it's just, UFC has all the story and all the talent, and they don't give you any money for it because they don't put money, they don't invest it in their fights because the exact thing we're talking about, Usman and Covington and then Whitaker and Ad and Sonya, and that's it. You don't care about anyone else because they're not even as close to as good as the second guy. So those two have to fight each other for the next for, for the rest of the year. Just keep making that fight, or you can do something that the fans would want to see and that they would want to actually do. I think these guys get caught up in their careers and I gotta do this or I gotta do that. And if you think pro wrestling is full of whiny politics backstage, you should see MMA. Because boy, oh boy, do they whine. And boy, oh boy, do they politic to get to where they are and get to this and that fight. They moved the whole fight from one state to another because of John Jones. So let's not get into the politics and what's fake and what's scripted. For all you guys who love to do that, let's just get to what we want to see. A lot of people talk all this crap about, well, Monday Night Raw's not that good. Okay, good. Then don't watch it. I still watch it. I still want to see. They've been doing some pretty good wrestling, by the way. Uh, AJ Styles has been great on there. So is Randy Orton. But yeah, I, they watch it. Yeah, you know, I I want to see the 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 matchups I want to see. We finally got to see Brock versus Bobby. Not nearly as good as what it should have been, but we saw it. They gave it to us, and that made me happy. For, and they had a great the trailer, the uh, the video package they had put together for it. Is actually better than the whole match. But something like that is what I want to see. Covington versus Whitaker would be great. Um, people say, they're not the same weight class. Hey, when was the last time you were in the fight, and did you ask that guy how much he weighed, or did he just whoop your ass, or did you whoop his ass? Because I don't want to hear that garbage about weight classes. Like, shut up, man. Either you're, you're a fighter or you're not. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. But since they do exist, we could just move them up and get uh, Reyes versus Whitaker or uh, uh, Adesanya's versus uh, Reyes, right? Because Adesanya still has to move up. He he got to the top of the line. <clears throat> he, he was in the front of the line. He got his title shot. He lost. Back of the line. So we get to fight him, get to see him fight everybody in light heavy, right? Presumably. He said he wanted to clean out the division anyway. Go do it. Now you have to, because that's the only way I'd ever give him another title shot. So good. Go right ahead. I think that sounds a lot better than a damn, uh, oh, no, let's just see what they're going to do. It's 10 pounds. Lose it. Lose it. It's not, I know it's not 10 pounds. I'm just saying, like, just lose the weight, buddy, or, <laughs> or, or stop working out for, like, a week. It's not. You're the same fighter. You're the same fighter. And if you don't believe me, if your body's not built for this, then you need to go and study Conor McGregor and Cowboy Cerrone, two of the best to ever do it, straight up. If you don't, like I said before, when I started my whole rant, if you don't have their mentality, you should not 
be a fighter? I think um, the UFC MMA in general um, has a little bit of I don't know how you would say it, but it's, you know they're not perfect, as you're sort of clearly stating there um, with fighters and whatnot. Um, but you know we talked about the. Re- resemblances of pro wrestling to WWE and pro wrestling to UFC to MMA in general um and obviously we're going to talk a little bit about that that actual that link but I was going to talk about this later but I think because we're sort of crossing it a little bit now you know obviously Israel Adesanya in his press conference spotted Booker T much to his amusement with just a little giggle to himself and um, obviously enjoyed that five-time reference um on the video and it's quite cool to see like MMA fighters like look at pro wrestling um, athletes and show them the respect that I think they perhaps don't always get, especially in that sort of world. If, if a pro wrestler comes to an event in MMA or you know tries its luck in MMA, CM Punk most notably, the level of disrespect straight away from becoming coming from where they have in terms of pro wrestling, it's like an immediate like dismissal of anything credible isn't it it's like oh no you did wwe that's not the same you're not you're never going to survive in our world like that's a problem in itself but seeing interactions like izzy with booker t like it's just cool like you know for all the people that you know are just mma fans here and and just want to watch like mma ufc boxing but and think that wrestling's you know how do people still watch it it's fate like I guarantee that nine out of ten people that say those things watched wrestling from as early as they can remember until they thought it was stopped being cool. Like, I, like wrestling to me gave me the buzz that UFC does now. But wrestling was the first. I used to go to all the events when they came to the UK. Like, I get uh, right to the stage. I'd got to go with my family, go with my friends, and they were amazing. You know, like I've seen John Cena live, like. I've seen Triple H, like all the, you know, the the ruthless ruthless aggression guys that, you know, that was my childhood. Like that was, you know, talking only like 15 years ago, you know, like 10, 15 years ago where it was just the best, like in my eyes. And I think people really need to stop with this analogy of like, they're so separate because they're not. Like, yes, one's performance enhanced and one's, full combatant you know it's it's they are different but there's so many similarities and i was just like i was wondering if you like agree with sort of like what i'm saying about you know people that perhaps would say bad things about wrestling but you you know you could say that they probably didn't think that when they were younger i mean it was just cool to see izzy as well with with booker t i thought that was a a good moment that's what i say it's like how can you watch the NBA and not think that some of that stuff scripted? Look at what's happening with James Harden. He just stopped playing basketball and got traded for Ben Simmons. What? You telling me that's real life? Okay, after Kyrie Irving didn't play the whole season, then they say, oh, you know what? We're losing enough money. We want to win a championship. We'll let you play. Regardless of what their rules are, oh, you can, you can join the team and, and possibly infect all of them. 
That's not how I feel about it, but that's the logic behind what they're doing. And then, uh, oh, but you can't play home games because you, I don't know, might infect them anyway. What's the difference? Once he's hanging around the team, he's around the team. <laughs> you know, like, who cares? So they scripted a whole thing to get a buzz with the New Jersey Nets because they lost. And that team just wasn't as good as everybody thought. And they still won't be. Uh, look at the Los Angeles Lakers. Oh, look at LeBron, this and that. Bet he's going to have some shenanigans happen where he, like, tear something or miraculously comes back like there uh, there's uh there's always room to say this and that was um uh somebody put someone else up to something you know um in any sport uh man we could spend several shows on racing on on, on a race car driving it's just Oh, my God. I mean, I just heard a little bit about the conspiracies, not even conspiracies, just the straight up cheating that happened in that stuff. And, you know, it's just ridiculous. And then, of course, we could just bring it closer home. Boxing, where people would take a dive like that's a real thing. Um, and, and to go briefly into the history of it, um, pro wrestling had the first time somebody. They didn't take a dive. The first, the first time somebody got jumped backstage, uh, it was definitely over 100 years ago now, but the first time somebody got jumped backstage, people thought it was all, the, the jig was up. People was like, oh, it's all staged because two champions, like, you know, like basically the WWE champion and Universal champion were going to face each other. And well, one of them got jumped. Because, I mean, let's be for real, in real life, are you about to go out and wrestle this dude for four hours, which was how long the wrestling contests back were back then, minus the DDTs and moonsaults too, right? You was just you was just straight up watching and wrestling. Um, yeah, yeah. But you know, uh, you weren't gonna watch all of that. It was more interesting to hear that he got attacked with a crowbar. And you know, if I had heard that, I would have I would have fell in love back then. Like, oh, he just attacked with a crowbar. That sounds pretty interesting. Way more interested in four hours of just watching two men jockey for position, uh, to use an old term. But I love to see the respect uh, put on, on on wrestling like uh, Izzy did and like Aaron Rodgers did. Everybody doesn't understand the Pat McAfee and Aaron Rodgers relationship. And I'm like, hey, Dumbo, they're pro wrestling fans. You don't believe me. People say, oh, that's a discount double check. No, did, I did want the snap. Yeah. Did you see the belt uh, um, in the Super Bowl celebrations? One of the Rams players had a he had a customized Rams WWE Championship belt on his shoulder. It was hilarious. I didn't see it. I wanted to though. And <laughs> it was I, brilliant. I saw on Twitter that everybody was saying that's branding, and people were like, "Oh, it's an ugly belt." I'm like, first yeah. off, that WWE Championship is beautiful for a couple reasons. One is their forever logo on their forever championship. They don't ever have to change that thing. And I probably never would because you can put your customized plates on it. Two, they had Orange Coast Customs do it or West Coast Customs, whatever. I think it's Orange Coast. The motorcycle, uh, the, the, the reality show. And they did an amazing job on it. West Coast Choppers, I think it was, or Orange County Choppers, one of those, whichever one. Um, they had them do that belt and it was amazing. Like, they did the job I thought they would do. They took it, they made it modern, but they also made it very unique and distinct and just straight-up badass. 
I don't like it because it has a dot, giant W on it. It's their belt. Stupid. Go make your own. <laughs> like, oh, I'm sorry. You're not a billionaire and you're a nobody. So you can't make your own belt unless it's out of cardboard. Or you can just shut up and say, uh, I'm just going to watch anyway or stop watching. Like, people just complain too much about it. Um, I don't, I understand it. So to to go into it deeper, the real problem is pro wrestlers aren't athletes. And that's why NXT, uh, I'm sorry, pro wrestlers don't have athletic backgrounds. You're not getting this guy, this pro linebacker, this linebacker from Stanford or Oklahoma State City University, whatever. Like even, even, even the most just, uh, um, even even the lowest ranked college anywhere, if you come from there, that's a that's a collegiate background, and you can say I'm an actual bona fide athlete, and then you can get into pro wrestling, and then people can uh, hang their hat on that, and so can you, like Brock Lesnar, you know, and his his wrestling accolades, um, and Kurt Angle and his wrestling accolades, you know. Now the Rock and Stone Cold don't have those. The Rock did play football. I, I believe Stone Cold did too. But they don't, they rarely talk about that. But the Rock and Stone Cold got over with their personalities. That's what's so different about them. Ric Flair got over with his personality. That's what's so different about him. Hulk Hogan, you you get where I'm going with this? There are no more of those. So if you're going to impress me and be a legitimate athlete, I mean, if you're going to impress me in pro wrestling, you probably need to be a legitimate athlete. That's why NXT is now going with a lot more uh, legitimate athletes than they are just indie wrestlers. As much as I love an Adam Cole, when the hell did he ever play football or anything? Look at his body. Yeah, I'm not body shaming him, but look at him. You want a guy that looks like John Cena or Roman Reigns, and 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 when you go to look at your notes, if you're Joe Rogan, and we'll get to him in a minute, but if you go to Joe Rogan or you're Daniel Cormier, somebody who actually is allowed to commentate for UFC now, if you if you go to um, you go to Daniel, you're Daniel Cormier, you go to your notes, and you can list off all this really cool stuff that he did with his school, or he or she did with their school. And all the accolades of the school and them personally. Or you could say wrestled at this place, wrestled at that place. His finisher is the blah, blah, blah. That's not enough, man. It's just not enough. So people have the right to feel as if there's no legitimacy to pro wrestling because you can't say I'm a pro wrestler and that's it. Unless, unless you were like a Ric Flair or a Randy Orton, even Charlotte Flair, clearly clearly was doing something else before she was ever a pro wrestler. Uh, her, her background's in volleyball. Now, Becky Lynch, does she have a background in uh, uh, athletics, something athletic? Nope. She doesn't have an athletic background, but it's Becky Lynch. You know, she's she's like now, we, like, we don't have the rock and stone cold anymore. We do have personalities that are larger than life. Her and her husband Seth are one of those, or you know that they're they're the new breed of that. So you won't see the Seth Rollins and the Becky Lynch get that the Becky Lynches get all the ridicule, but you will see people like Ronda Rousey who doesn't have the same personality, although she has the background and uh, the athletic background, obviously, uh, with her silver silver medal and judo and such. 
she doesn't have the legitimacy uh, as uh, the legitimacy as far as being uh, a great talker like everyone else. You know, you got you had Stone Cold and The Rock and even Kurt Angle, who could his range was just crazy. He could do anything. Ronda Rousey has zero range. So she gets she gets ridiculed on the back end, which is crazy. She gets ridiculed on the back end for um, all of it, uh, for all of her shortcomings. So it's just, it's a lot. It's not just a one-part answer. There's a lot that goes with it. And a lot of it's very, very legitimate. Uh, and, and it's just, it's cool to see moments like Izzy had. It's also cool to see, like, when The Undertaker was at Brock Lesnar's first fight. He was at more than that, but it, you know, it was, it was the Undertaker and Stone Cold. And as much as people say, "Ah, oh, I hate pro wrestling," or it's not cool anymore, they certainly stood up and cheered in that arena where they were when, when Brock had his first fight. They were clapping and they lost their minds. They also love when the uh, they also love when the Rock showed up for the BMF title. Oh, hi, intern! You need to go back, intern. It's not over. You need to go back, buddy. Go back to it. The the um, thing that hurts pro wrestling the most is the legitimacy, as I said. Goldberg is super legitimate because, well, Goldberg used to play football, you know. Um, so did Roman Reigns. So did The Rock. Like I said, like if you could just say, oh yeah, he played football. Uh, so did Brock. You know, uh, it didn't matter that he failed. He has a he has a, a picture with him in a uniform, NFL uniform. That's all he needed. I mean, you know, he that's better than what you and I have accomplished uh, athletically. You know, uh, just and anybody, even if even if they failed, it's still better than what we've done in terms of uh, you know uh, in terms of that. And we might best him in other ways, but it's just it's just a legitimacy problem and. The WWE is actually trying to get away from that, and I think they've gotten away from it pretty well. Unfortunately, it's it's just really young. It, it, it's it's an image. They're young in that framework, so it's very it's it, they're in the early stages of changing the minds of everyone. Pretty soon, in the next ten years, you will not be able to look at a WWE roster and say, "Oh, that guy's uh, he doesn't he's just a pro wrestler." You know, because they, they they just uh, they signed Gable Steve Stevenson, so is it Stevenson? I think it's Stevenson, not Stevenson. Whatever they they signed him, and he's a gold medalist, just like Kurt Angle was, uh, he, just like uh, Ronda Rousey's a silver medalist. So like, you're gonna get that a lot more to where you won't be able to say, oh, these guys just are pro wrestlers now. You're definitely gonna you're gonna have to train them. You're gonna have to, they're gonna have to be good wrestlers, and they have to be more than just athletes. But they're on the right track. And so with NXT 2.0, we're gonna see a lot of that. Um, I, I I like to see it because these people know how to they know how to keep their bodies together a lot better uh, and a lot longer than like normal pro wrestlers. When they learn how to take a bump, they'll know what their body is supposed to do afterwards and be bumped before, during, and after uh, supposed injuries. Whereas 
when you're on the indies, you're just faking everything, you know, and it looks fake and it looks phony. But one of the uh, Ronda Rousey's punches are horrible. They're even worse than what they are in uh, in the main. But my point is, um, she still knows what to do around it. She still knows to throw those punches. The fact that she's punching or fake punching a pro wrestler is what makes it look so bad. <laughs> because if she's fake punching another MMA person and they're wrestling, then it would look much better, if you get what I'm saying. There would be two MMA people um, in a match doing something that looks good because they'll just be going through the motions. Um, and you'll start to see a lot more of that. And I, I, we already have... Uh, if you're looking at NXT, if you're not watching NXT 2.0, you're missing um, uh, the uh, paradigm shift to still something from John Moxley. Um, but not just a, a paradigm shift in the right way, not just um, a BS, uh, quote unquote, alternative company uh, saying that they're doing alternative things with rankings and stuff like that. If you think uh, if you think the rankings don't matter in MMA. How in the hell would they ever matter in pro wrestling? I mean, you can make them up, but you're just going to lie about it later. You're just going to have a rumble or some sort of match that just negates the rankings. And I, I think maybe they should do that in, in, in MMA. They have, you know, the Bellator has tournaments and all, but I don't know. I mean, I'd like to see them maybe adopt a little bit more of, uh, of what Pride used to do. Uh, MMA has a, a an, an actual legitimacy problem as well, and in going back to what I just said with pride, you know, pride was seen as the the bigger, tougher uh, uh, organization. So, um, I, they're UFC is seen they're not seen as as tough guys. Like they're tough, but like it's not the same. So uh, I. You know, there's a legitimacy problem in combat sports altogether. There are no more, there are no more uh, heavyweight champions, really. I mean, you have Tyson Fury and, and Deontay Wilder, and when Fury beat him, that was kind of it. Like, that was it. That was it. There's no one else. We're talking about pulling a guy from MMA and Francis Nagano to fight Tyson Fury to come over to uh, heavyweight boxing to fill the void. And I, I, I don't I just really don't know uh if that'll work. I don't know how to go about that. Uh maybe Derek Lewis should trim down a bit and he should he should try boxing, you know. Uh there's nothing wrong with picking up a technical skill and going through you know, going through that. I think MMA fighters, much like pro wrestlers, do not get credit for an athletic background because it's like, well what's what do you do? I mean, when they're uh, people don't watch MMA enough to know that they're announced at what they do. A wrestler out of Texas, uh, a wrestler out of Buffalo, New York, or, or a, uh, a striker out of uh, a jujitsu practitioner out of this place or that place. Um, people don't watch and listen for that. They don't care. Um, so they want to know exactly what it is that you're good at. What's your actual background? So that that's a the, the legitimacy problem that. MMA has to get around as well. Um, 
You just can't say, oh, I'm a mixed martial artist. Yeah, but what do you do? You just get punched in the face or, you know, you have, they don't lead, they don't put their best foot forward. And that's really awkward because what's a striker? You just swing? Like, what the hell is that? A striker? I mean, like, just define that for me whenever you get a chance. You know, <laughs> you know, it, it's just difficult to define. We know what a wrestler is. That's boring to people. Uh, Jiu-jitsu is also a, just gra- a grappler. That's boring, too. Um, and then you say striker. They don't even know what the hell that is. You just punch people. But isn't that what everyone's doing? Um, you can say boxer, but then that that's off-putting to people as well. It's like, it's a boxer. All you're going to do is stand up, but a wrestler's just going to come in and take you down. And people make that, they make that assumption. They do MMA math, but they're not exactly wrong with uh, any of that. So uh, the, the, the problem is that there lo- there's a legitimacy issue with m- combat sports as a whole. That's why and, and uh, with professional wrestling being at the bottom of that totem pole uh, and then MMA being slightly above it, if at all above it, um, you know, people just poo-poo on it because they, they don't want it to be, uh, they don't want, they don't want to po- point out the hole. They don't want that, uh, that hole to be pointed out to people. And pause for edit. <laughs> That's what uh, Conan O'Brien used to say. But uh, I want to switch gears to uh, Joe Rogan. Um, now, uh, Reese will be back in a second. Um, but I want to speak a little bit about Joe Rogan and uh, censorship. Also, what he said. Uh, first off, Israel Adesanya defended Joe Rogan. So if you didn't like it, too bad. And um, if we're talking about certain words that people say, uh, Fat Joe, uh, rapper, you don't know who that is, I don't care. But uh, Fat Joe also uh, took issue with Joe. He, he actually took issue with Joe Rogan over his use of uh, Joe Rogan's, the use of certain words. Um, now, Fat Joe says that stuff all the time. Who the hell is he to talk? Like, let's just be for real. Like, I listen to Fat Joe's music. I don't care. I don't do what he does. I'm not going to do what he does. Just like I never smoke weed, but I listen to Crucial Conflict and Bone Thugs all the time. I don't care. You know, that's what they do. I just like to hear about them talk about it. You know, um, like I, I, I hear I, I watch comedians on Netflix. I don't have their same lifestyle. So it, it's it's all fantasy a fantasy world to me, you know, uh, but. Back to it. Uh, people taking issue with Joe Rogan and trying to censor him. Uh, we all know it's just a, it's it's just political stuff. You know, it's because he seemingly supports a certain side when in all actually he doesn't. He just has a an a, a objective perspective uh, platform. And he just gets different people to talk about different things in different ways, and we all try to learn from that. And uh. I don't think the censoring him is the issue, and I'm glad Spotify made a statement saying that that's the case. But if if um, you think him saying the N-word's a big deal, nobody cares. No black. There'll be black people to say, oh, man, he can't say that. Well, who can? 
Oh, that's our word. It was, it's not my, my word. I don't own it. I didn't come up with it. And technically, legally, you can say whatever you want in the United States. Now, what consequences you take over what you say is different. You know, you can get hit with a lawsuit and all that other stuff. But I, I don't really care what Joe Rogan says, man. I don't. Um, it is not a big deal to me. Uh, I don't know why the uh, Dana White, uh, it, if I'm not mistaken, Dana White has stopped him from uh, doing commentary. Uh, I don't know why Dana White would do that. If anything, you would want that that heat and that press because, uh, as, as I've said before, UFC might be on its way out. I don't think MMA will die as a whole. I think it's just too widespread for that. But the UFC isn't. They could they if someone bought them out, that would be great. Because currently I don't see them doing well under Dana White's uh, umbrella. If 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 Fox dumped you for pro wrestling, you're definitely at the bottom of the totem pole. I don't care what people think or say about it. Uh, UFC doesn't have a weekly program. They don't draw ratings like pro wrestling, and they they don't have the the catalog is pro wrestling. They do have a great catalog, and I think they should have did something like they they should do something, do a deal with Peacock or something like that. And really, they they should have had a uh, they should have had a, an app by now because they have an extensive catalog. Not again, not WWE's pro uh, uh, catalog, but they have a catalog going back uh, quite some time. So that's where they need to be headed. They need to be trying to, you know, license their stuff out. Like ESPN Plus ain't, ain't cutting it. I'm sorry. It's, I, you have to remember where it is. You have to remember that the fights are on ESPN Plus. Unless it's on there, uh, it's, unless it's like right in front of you, you're not going to be looking to go look for the fight. Pro wrestling has been on, uh, been on TV for decades now. And if I forgot where it was, there's even a show on TNT and TBS, you know? So, uh, I mean, if I forgot, I could just kind of look into it and say, well, what channel did it used to come on? You know, if if, 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 if I had amnesia or Alzheimer's, I could still, still find my way back to pro wrestling. But if you, is UFC on Fox or is it on ESPN? Oh, where is it actually? I've seen more. There's more uh, mixed martial arts on every uh, all over the the uh, uh, all over cable. There's more of that than UFC puts on themselves. That's a really really big issue for me, you know. And uh, what what are your thoughts on, on on the whole Joe Rogan situation and just just the state of where MMA might be with that? Yeah, so um, first I just want to say thank you, Sean. I mean, sorry, guys, I was on a call, um, couldn't get over it. And as always, Sean just holds it down great. Yeah, I wasn't just running my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, sometimes, you know, you kind of like to just say how you feel, and we all appreciate that, I think. But you obviously, um, well, I think anyway, you've got a lot of good qualities with your ranting, as so-called, as you've put it. But um, yeah, Sean always holds it down on the Weekend Warrior show, but... In regards to Joe Rogan, I mean, is that have you talked about it yet, or is he just getting onto it? 
Not extensively. Uh, I, I mentioned okay. that he said um, he said certain words. You know, here's the thing. Um, I watch quite a, a, a bit of different content, and you can go on YouTube and you can't say certain words. Like if you offend, I'll go in the Dave Chappelle direction. You Dave Chappelle direction. You can say certain things, but you can't offend certain communities. But you know what Dave Chappelle says all day and nobody ever bats an eye at it? And I mean, never. When he got on Comedy Central, the first thing I heard him say was nigga. Nobody cares about it. I certainly didn't. I loved it because I just wanted to hear it out loud. But yeah. you say nigga all day on YouTube, which this show will be on, and they don't care. Their algorithm don't give a damn about that. But if you start saying other words, They'll pick it up and they'll demonetize you. So think about that. Well, you're like, oh, Joe Rogan King said. Well, they let you say that on YouTube all the time. And I know they do because I follow several, obviously I didn't, follow several channels where that's said all the time. But certain words they stay away from, it's just crazy to me. It's like, well, why are they better than me? Why is orange the new black? You know, I, I, I never liked that. Orange is the new black. It's like, what the hell does that mean? Who wants to be the new black? That's ridiculous, but continue. So I, I was just talking about the, the his use of that word and him being uh, quote unquote banned from the UFC and comments. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we'll we'll get on to more of the UFC aspect in it in a minute, but like just look, you know, as in terms of like a reaction to the video, you know, the specific video that kind of went viral about Joe Rogan and the, which started really all this controversy. Um, well, I mean, what's crazy is that he's just had a constant like month or so worth of controversy because it didn't just start with this i mean it was it was already going he was already, he already made i think two apology videos before this one came out regarding the covid and vaccines and it, people that he had on his podcast that he was you know had to sort of apologize for because he didn't I mean offend anyone so he was already in it you know it wasn't just you know the use of the n word and this crazy video that came apart that was edited and all that so he was already in it and i think now you know especially in this day and age where it's you know cancel culture it's um trying to take out the guys on top and the girls on top and you know these people that are just looking for anything to attack someone because they are really successful and that person isn't i mean it's just it's a horrible world that we live in in terms of what you can see on social media at times and i don't know the, obviously, the reaction from me just watching that 30 second video for the first time was like, I don't know, because maybe I'm more, you know, in tune with like the media side, you know, like myself and you, you know, you're very in tune with like how social media, you know, being a journalist, being an editor, you know how things can be taken out of context and things. So that was my first opinion like, oh, this is like clips of him taken out of context. But at the same time, it's hard to take that specific word into context if you say it that many times it's like uh, i don't know so i was a bit like mm, i don't know what to really think of this obviously it's not great and he's had to apologize for it so it, it kind of shows that where he's coming from with it but do i think it should have a long-term effect on his you know career in terms of not just ufc but comedy and podcasting I'm not sure. I don't think I don't think a video combinates so many things someone says multiple years ago 
should affect how you're looked at now. So like I can say something right now and in 10 years, should I still be remarked for that one comment I made? I mean, no, no. right. Unless it's, uh, it's your core is still who you are. And you can tell Joe Rogan, like, man, I, I couldn't stand Joe Rogan when he was on news radio because news radio was like a, a really dry and not funny office. For a, ra- for a radio station, it just—he wasn't funny at all. <laughs> Never made me laugh. And then it was, um, then he did the Man Show with uh, Doug Stanhope or whatever the hell is, and that that was awful, atrocious. I hated both of them. But then he transitioned, like I, you know. Then he started doing MMA. And I could hear how funny he was. I, that was where his personality was. And uh, It was a different type of comedy, is what you're yeah, saying. Like, yeah. he wasn't trying to just be funny there. He was trying to be insightful in a comedic way. Exactly. And that's how. That's when I finally got him. And I watched one of his stand-ups a little, uh, like, last year, like, end of last year. He was funny, man. He's actually funny now. I would say he definitely wasn't funny back in the day. He really wasn't. But he's funny now. It, so that that gives you the perspective of oh okay it's just kind of where people are in their careers and where they are in their lives. Um, it's just like I said I I didn't say hey you I said you might need to edit it out but like I mean, who nobody cares about what he said they try to oh you know Joe Joe Biden yep I'm going there Joe Biden said you ain't black if you don't vote for him and I was like the hell is he talking about but we talking about you know, you know who called Joe Rogan out? India Ari. You should call people out. When you're famous, you're a public figure, you should say, why are you going after another public figure? Is it because you're no longer relevant? Because, you know, that's that's kind of a thing people will do. They'll go, like Kathy Griffin, she was going after the former president, and it's like, when, that, when was the last time we heard from you? We didn't know you were alive until you um, had a picture of you, sever- uh, a severed head. And everybody ate it up and said, that's brilliant. I said, that's brilliant, right? I know you hate this person. I get it. You think they're racist and all that. But you're talking about holding a severed head. And you're also going to talk about, oh, man, I can't believe we're doing this in that country. And we need to do this to those people. And I'm like, right. So that's why you, you're you okay with the severed head if it's a white lady holding it. But if I change the skin color and put a mask over it, it's a different it's a different severed head, I guess, right? Yeah, whatever. This is what we talk about, okay? This is what MMA does. It's supposed to bring about conversation. If you guys yeah. are scared about this conversation, still keep listening. You know, still support us. But, like, hate, hate harder. If you're going to hate, hate harder. Because if you don't like this conversation, you probably don't like life very much. Can't be having a good time. I'm a product of my environment. I grew up on the south side of Chicago. That is too damn bad if you don't like it. I got people in my life that didn't like it. My father didn't like it. I love my father. He's gone. I can say nigga as much as I want. Dave Chappelle does it, and you acclaimed him for it. But when he started talking about certain people, you hated it. And that's BS. It's not one law for all, man. It's just, if you don't if you don't do what they want you to do and and feel the way they want you to feel, they being the powers that be for those who, who are they? Shut up. 
They are the powers that be. That's what they means all the time. Do not be a moron, okay? Do not ask what they is ever again. It is the powers that be. They want to control the narrative, and they are. Joe Rogan has a, a narrative, and they're trying to control his and him. They're trying to silence him. Like, if you're Spotify and, and you pay Joe Rogan all this money, it's like, you know I can't fire him, Neil Young. Oh, I want you to take my money down, my music down. If And then I would do this if I was Spotify. If, if Neil Young doesn't own his own music, and, and it's like owned by a label or something like that, I'd be like, who gives a damn what you want us to do? You don't own your music, punk. Bye. And I'd say bye. They'd be like, oh, I'm boycotting Spotify. Nobody's going to do that. He doesn't own this stuff. I bet he doesn't know. Even if he does, great for him. But if he doesn't, you know, why Why are you trying to silence someone when you got to write all your music and your creative license? What if I find a Neil song offense, a Neil Young song offensive or Jody Mitchell? You see what I'm saying? Like, yes, yeah. fair, because it's just art. And you're trying to say his art, you know, his, his form of expressing himself and his show is offensive when he's just having a conversation, which is why Spotify defended him. You know, um, but let's get into the UFC aspect of it. What are your what's your feelings on that? You think Dana White's in the, in the you think that's the right thing to do, or you think what, what do you think? Well, right thing. I before we just I think it's important. Like I think that was really um well put by you there just like on all that type of stuff and you know it's very powerful it's very it can be impactful to a lot of people talking about you know these things but it's all a matter of perspective on a lot of things um i don't think in terms of the joe rogan case that should be viewed from like you said like the ufc perspective too deeply i think getting on to the ufc um aspect of it i was I wasn't surprised that he wasn't there, but when I knew or when I was told that he wasn't going to be in the commentary, obviously him and DC are now the staple points of pay-per-views with John Annex. So that, you know, when if one of those three are not there, you know it's either illness or or something that it's not they're they're always there if they can be. Um so when he it was reported that he wasn't going to be commentating, um my first thoughts were he's pulled himself out of that. I don't think, I don't believe um, the UFC and mainly Disney because Disney are the broadcasters that, you know, obviously ESPN, um, they are the ones that have the call on all things that happen on that broadcast. It's not the UFC. You know, the UFC wouldn't have told Joe Rogan, oh, you're not commentating. It would have been a Disney executive telling the UFC um, head of staff Dana, um, the, the men behind the scenes, men and women behind the scenes. But when I heard he wasn't there, I thought that's Joe Rogan's call. He's obviously doing it. He just needs a bit of a. He's he's been in enough of the spotlight recently. I think he might just want to, you know, chill out for a bit, a minute, just take some heat away from that. It just you know he gets enough heat on the commentary anyway when there's not these controversial things with what he says. Um, how he views fights and things, especially for an Adesanya fight where he's known to be a bit, in some people's opinion, biased towards Adesanya and just, you know, kind of fan over him in a way. So it would have, I think it was a wise decision to not attend. I think he would have just, 
I had so much more hate going on. And I know that a lot of people care about that in terms of like, I don't think Joel would care that he was getting a lot of social media hate. I don't think he'd look at it. don't think it would affect him. But um, I believe that when when Dana said that it was a Joe Rogan call not to, not to be here, he said he could have worked if he wanted to. He chose not to. I, I believe that. I don't think Dana's trying to cover anything up. I think that Joe made the decision himself, completely himself. Um, I think it was the right decision, not because of him being so wrong for what he did and and that he should be punished. I, I just think it was good for him to get away. And also think it's, you know, like, you know, I'm, I'm, also, I'm a British guy. I'm a massive fan of Michael Bisping um, as, as a fighter. I think he's done well crossing over into that America because it's different like you know we're talking here Sean's American I'm from I'm from Great Britain Scottish born um so it's 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 even more like a disparity of of personalities of you know where we came from how we were brought up so when you see a guy like Bisping who's British in a totally American styled organization with how he talks to the other guys how he has to sort of limit himself and what he sort of would say if he was in a different surroundings maybe in Great Britain so I think he does well there I mean obviously he's not perfect I think sometimes you can get some things wrong um but it was just good to see someone get another chance I mean like that's a big deal for these guys like Joe Rogan doesn't need to do this like he's you know completely set in life I mean I'm not saying <laughs> Michael Bisping needs the money or anything I'm just saying it's it's good for these guys who are now in the next stages of their careers getting these chances. Um, and, hey, I mean, I want to see Joe Rogan back at the next pay-per-view. I think it's more special when he's there. I think him, DC, and John Anik, they're brilliant. Um, but where this goes, who knows? Because it's people are so sensitive now. Everything's offensive. And without getting too much into exactly, you know, what, if it's another political thing that he talks about, COVID, race, like, I'm just going to stay, stay clear of it. I just, I'm not defending, I'm not advocating, I'm just saying I think it shouldn't be looked too much into. Um, is, is that sort of where you're coming from? Do you have like a stronger say on it? Do you care? Or... Yeah, just when it, what were your thoughts? Uh, um, be be more specific. Um, just I know because you have sort of talked about it, but like, just like, are you one of those guys that like, if you were to hear that, obviously because you know being African American yourself, like, and you hear like a a middle aged white guy that you know he's not like your typical middle aged white guy because he's like you know he's He's, he's well known. He's he he talks to all these different people. He's a celebrity, so it's a bit different. But like when you hear him in that video, like what was your like initial like? Were you angry? Were you okay? Were you like? So what would be the, out, the sort of outcry from that for you from that video? Well, uh, earlier that I I don't care what he says. Like I don't care. Right. Like, Joe okay. Rogan's yeah, I didn't hear that. Person, he's not the first person to use that language to say that. And he won't be the last. Uh, as far as people say, oh, but he's doing this and that. I'm like, man, we laughed at the Clayton Bigsby. Are you familiar with? I should I should ask. Are you a fan of Dave Chappelle's? Uh, 
100%. Exactly. So you laughed at the Clayton Bigby uh, um, skit, too. It was his first show. Yeah. He yeah. had the black, white supremacist. And it was hilarious. You know why? Because it was. That is the least funniest thing you can think of. And he made it hilarious, man. He's I'm the saying, Come on, man. He's the goat. Yeah. You know, and, and, and that's great that he did that. It was so funny. I couldn't believe that somebody could make something like that hilarious. If that had came on back when I was a child, that would have been their favorite comedy sketch. Just because of how funny it was. And they are deep south. My mother's from Mississippi and my father's from Memphis. So racism is not lost on, on me whatsoever. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I didn't have to go through it like they did at no. all. I definitely know about it. So when I tell you I don't give a damn if Joe Rogan says nigga a million times, I don't. Because what's it going to do to me? It's just a word. If I were to get mad, see, here's, here's what everybody forgets. If you got mad in the South, let's say uh, 70 years ago, right? Yeah. 70 years ago, somebody calls you the N-word, hard R, whatever, soft A, who cares? They call you that. What are you going to do? You're going to get up in arms. You can't call me that. You're going to fight him. Like today, you can punch him in the mouth. You punch him in the mouth then, and they killing you and your whole family. Does it seem worth it to you? No. Because if you punch a man today, you think, oh, I can get away with punching him. Oh, can you? Because it sounds like you can still go to jail and have a lot to lose. I, I, I am the sole provider. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm the caretaker for my children. You know, my, my wife is the one that goes to work. I actually make money doing this. So she makes the bread. She's the breadwinner. But yeah, I bring home some dough too. And as I'm, a, I'm a financial consultant by trade. Blah, blah, blah. I get money. I make money. And ain't from selling weed for all you clowns out there that just might want to make a black joke. And Joe Rogan knew what he was doing when he was using that language. And he knew it was a way to get cheap heat. Uh, I don't know if you know, but the Excalibur, the AEW uh, announcer used it before. He did it to get cheap heat. And I, I, a lot of people were like, oh, you shouldn't do that in a wrestling setting. I'm like, that's like the only setting you could do it where I know you don't mean it. <laughs> you know? So he, he did that. He used that language to, to get really cheap heat and stuff like that. And I don't know if you remember, uh, I think it's Michael Richards or Kramer from Seinfeld. He used that. He said, but he said they were, he said 20 years ago, they have you hanging from the rafters in here. Now that's not something I want to hear. Am I offended? No, you cannot offend me with words. Not like that. You're not my father. So I don't have to impress you. So words, the words you use towards me just can't hurt. You know, uh, if my wife said that to me, I wouldn't care. Well, my wife is wife. We still got kids. What are you going to do? Like, none of that hurts me. <laughs> like, none of it hurts me. And if that's still out there hurting people, you need to change your life. Because that word can, if you kill somebody over that and say, oh, well, they called me something, you still going to jail, man. You still got consequences over that word, whether they feel like they do or don't. You can cancel them all you want. You can do whatever it is you want. What I'm saying is, I choose not to let it affect me because it just doesn't have any power over me whatsoever. I've had plenty of conversations with plenty of different people on the planet, and I'm not going to let a word change me into somebody and I'm not. So 
no, I, I don't mind. I don't care. Joe Rogan say what he wants. Uh, he won't be the last. There, there's other people out there that that have done that. Uh, I mean, I, I'm not gonna make it political, but like, man, if we if we really go in there, like, there's also some some other stuff that happened on Black History Month that I'm not comfortable with. I'm not I'm not com- comfortable with certain political stuff. Like, we talking about Joe Rogan saying nigga, but apparently the Biden administration has they're gonna provide crack paraphernalia, drug paraphernalia, aka uh, uh, aka crack pipe for people who who use. I don't think that's okay. But we're talking about Joe Rogan. That's the distraction people usually talk about. We won't go into that because this isn't a political show and I don't want to accept people. I don't want to upset people. I know there are people on opposite ends of that spectrum. I'm going to let you know as a black man since you brought it up. Uh, as a black man, I don't take kindly to that. I don't care what Joe Rogan says, but you're trying to make a law. And I lived through the crack epidemic. You know, I was a, I was I was young when it was happening, but I lived through that in the 80s. I'm an 80s baby. So when that happened, I saw family members die off of this. And you want to just give it to them? OK, but 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 let's talk about hundred million dollar Joe Rogan, though. Let's talk about that dude that's super rich Ooh. that won't really, you know, miss any money. Because of this, but let's talk about let's talk about him though. Let's not talk about I mean, other stuff. Could you imagine if he's, his deal gets pulled? Like that's a hundred million. Like, oof. I bet it would be a bit more like, oh damn, you know? Yeah, they can't. They can't. And it's it's freedom. Of, oh god, if they did that, they'd owe him a whole lot more than that. He'd own Spotify if they terminate his contract because he never did anything. And then they defended him. They said they certainly can't do it now, but he didn't do anything. It's just that Neil Young started bitching. You know, like I hate to put it like that, but he did. It's like, look, man, I didn't say a single word to anybody who had a different view for me about their viewpoint, simply because there was no need to argue about it. I knew where they stood. They knew where I stood. Even if they didn't know where I stood, I knew I didn't have to argue with them about it. It didn't change my relationship with them. I don't know what Neil Young is trying to prove, but I don't care. I don't. I really don't. I don't listen to his music. I don't. I, I, I watch Joe Rogan snippets of and highlights of Joe Rogan's podcast, but I don't. I don't listen to it full on. But like, I certainly appreciate him more than I do a Neil Young. To say pull my music from that platform. What kind of phone you got, Neil? Young? What, what what else are you doing that I could look up and say, hey, why are you still doing this or that? Like, I don't, I don't, that holier than thou stuff is crazy. Like, the U.S. deals with China, yet we talk crap about them all the time. It's so weird to me. I don't even want to get into it. Like, I'm pretty sure, like, a lot of stuff, the clothes I got on are made from China. I'm not taking it off. We just have dealings with people we don't like sometimes. It's whatever. You know, it, it is what it is. I'm not saying I don't like China. I'm just saying as a nation, you just have to go through that sometimes. And I, I'm not I'm not about to start throwing away all my stuff from China. And like if, if you if somebody is doing that, it's like, what are you doing? Like, did you watch the Olympics? Yeah, I was supporting America. They were in Beijing. No, you weren't. <laughs> like you were supporting China the whole time. And and to be real, since this has been a little bit political anyway, you're supporting Russia too. They in cahoots, they're both communists. I mean, communist nations. As as an American who is a capitalist, 
just because of where I am, to support the Beijing Olympics is just kind of weird. I'm not saying I don't do that. I'm a sports fan. I mean, I'm not watching them because they suck. Let me just be clear. The, the Olympics stink. The Winter Olympics are already bad, and these Olympics in particular are horrible. Uh, that's why they have bad ratings. But, uh, but I think that's why we got all this political climate. The political climate is very different. Oh, we're moving troops over to here so people will watch the Olympics or something. I don't know. Don't care. My focus is on MMA and st- stuff happening in MMA. But um, a lot of politics get thrown in there sometimes, like with Joe Rogan. That's why we're talking. That's how we got here. Well, just talking about Joe Rogan and all the politics of that and just free speech. And if you don't think that sports are about politics or that they don't involve politics, you're very wrong because we wouldn't be having this discussion if it wasn't about what we're allowed to enjoy, what we're free to ex- and what we're free to express. Yeah. Um, you'd be here for hours. You know, what's right, what isn't right, what's allowed, what isn't allowed, who's allowed to say what. Um, what you said there about you know freedom um, of speech and I just think it's important that we don't get lost in like everyone yes everyone have an opinion but everyone being offended um, and I know that's perhaps a bit controversial to say but like it's you're never going to not offend someone with whatever you say like someone's going to be offended someone's going to take it the wrong way and you just have to live with that. Like, not everything we say here, people are going to listen to and think, that's right, That's he's he's wrong. Like, what's he saying? Like, nah, that guy's totally wrong. I don't agree with that. Oh, I do agree with that. That guy actually, you know, Sean, Sean made a good point there. I mean, he kind of went on a bit, but, like, he kind of, like, made a really good point at the end of that. Like, oh, Reese talks rubbish. Oh, but I like that, though. Yeah, I actually agree with that. So it's like, we're, we live in a world where it's just crazy i mean everything's crazy you know the news is crazy sport is crazy politics is crazy all these things are crazy and then you have incidents like this on social media and you're just like oh my god but we can't let it distort like the good the positive things like this negative around joe rogan controversial thing is taken away from what everyone loves which is like in terms of the, the aspect we're in and martial arts like I don't want to watch a press conference and a guy bring up a negative question to, on fight week for Adesanya and, and Adesanya have to defend Joe Rogan on the stage. Like, I, what is that? Like, I don't like, yeah, props to Izzy for doing it. And he's, he's, you know, he's great on the mic. He's a great guy. But like, we shouldn't have to have sort of outside influence in that type of setting. Like, yeah, it's fun. Press conferences can be, you know, mix it up, have different opinions have different questions don't have i'll ask the same oh how's the fight camp gone and all that rubbish but don't make it too personal outside of what it is and you know we've talked a lot about things perhaps outside of mma um today which is good because you know not every not every week you should just talk about the same things like sometimes some things become more important and um just bringing this up because it's a popular topic because Joe Rogan's such a popular figure in martial arts. It sort of brought a, a good point to to the top. And, you know, we'll, we'll sort of conclude it there. I mean, 
whether you guys agree with what we've said or not, you know, it's your opinion and how you believe different things, like what you believe in, that's cool. Everyone's welcome. Like no one's segregated, no, it's just like, come on, man, we're twenty twenty two. We're all just trying to enjoy life and all that. But let's talk about something a bit more positive. But probably not that um forthcoming. Nate Diaz said recently that the next fight for him, which just so happens to be his last fight on his UFC contract, which isn't telling the fact that the UFC tried to book him with Hamza Chemaev because, and I'm not sure if everyone's aware of this, but when a UFC fighter is not got many fights left on their contract and they're not so ecstatic about the idea of re-signing, mainly down to the fighter pay. The UFC traditionally has given those fighters a very, very tough out in their last fight. Now, Hamza Chimaev would be, in most people's opinions, for Nate Diaz at this stage in his career, a very tough out for your last fight before you then look to other promotions, other options that he would have, and he would have a lot of them. Um, I'm here in Dustin Poirier, which a lot of people are, but I'm not hearing anything official behind it. So whether it is Dustin Poirier next, or whether it's a Connor trilogy, whether it's a you know a trip back to lightweight, I doubt it. I think it will be welterweight, but you never know. Um, there's a lot of fighters at welterweight that would love to fight Nate Diaz, obviously. In your opinion, Sean, is it Dustin Poirier at 170 you want to see? Is it someone else? Is it do you want to see him go somewhere Nate Diaz in a boxing? Do you want to see him retire? Where do see him box. Oh, boxing, okay. That, uh, but he... Uh... Man, I don't want to see him fight Dustin Poirier. And uh, Poirier, if he takes that fight, is kind of a clown for it, to be honest. I don't know why he'd take that fight and kill Nate Diaz like that. (laughs) I I mean, did you see him even remotely coming close to not being murdered in that fight? I mean, he he literally got Nate, like, he got what Nate Diaz gets in fights for what was it, 24 minutes and 15 seconds, and then almost knocked out Leon Edwards. Like, that fight, that style, is just... I mean, it's why, I mean, like, he was getting his ass beat for 24 and a half minutes, and then he almost knocked out Leon Edwards, and the whole crowd was cheering for Nate Diaz after the the final um, bell went. And you're just like, only Nate Diaz can do this. And... I agree with you on the Poirier thing. Um, I mean, would I want to see it? Yes, of course, because I, you know, I love watching these like crazy, like, and it would be good press conferences and stuff. But I agree with you. Like, they're they're on two different. Like Poirier's just coming off title fights. He's at the top of his game. Nate Diaz is in these type of fun, um, cool, like hit fights. Like he's like a cool. He's always been a cool guy, but he's like a. He's just, you know, to quote him, he said something like, tell me who the 170-pound champ is, saying that he didn't know him. And then he, he told him, Kamaru Usman, the, the reporter, and then he just went, 
I'm just way uh, better and cooler than those guys. Like, he actually thinks just being cool is a trait, and I love that. But he's in he's in this weird spot. He's just, you know, he's just hanging around. He's, he's a great fighter. He's a great fighter in his day, Hall of Famer. I don't want to see him fight Dustin Poirier. I want to see Nate Diaz versus Conor McGregor 3, because yeah. Nate Diaz, in my opinion, wins that third fight. Um, he won the second think. being real. They just kind of he started Stockton slapping him and open hand slapping him so I that he knock him out because because Connor was he was gone he was getting worked and the only thing he could do to stop from knocking him out was just slapping him the Stockton slap. Um, I want to see that fight because you know we're talking about who we want to see Nate Diaz fight or how how about he goes but it's, if it's his retirement fight which I really doubt it will be um but it is in the UFC it's his last fight you've got to make the Conor McGregor trilogy because it's they're both at this point where you know you, you know this yourself like you've you've been around it so long when you see guys that they just like like do you think I I know you don't think but Conor McGregor doesn't show any sign that he wants to be at the top level anymore like it's he may think that in his own head and he may convince himself that he's still a top level athlete but no one literally mm-hmm. even like the Conor McGregor fanboys are actually believing now at this point that he comes back from a broken um a broken leg after all the time off the Khabib loss all the stuff that goes on in his personal life in the media there's, it's just like it would be almost movie like impossible if he was to be able to come back, get a win streak going, and go and fight for a title again. It just won't happen. So, why not make one of the biggest fights again in UFC history? And it doesn't even include two guys that are at the top of their game. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm to see that, that trilogy fight. Uh, I, I think you could get a little, I think that's their, that should probably be both of their last fight. Uh, so I think you can get a little bit more mileage out of uh, both of them, to be honest, because uh, Diaz would take damn near any fight. But, um, yeah, why not? Man, that Leon Edwards fight was so weird. I mean, I I think you just keep going and you just get what you can out of Diaz. I mean, uh, you, I, I would like to see him in, um, 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 for the BMF title again, you know? Can we see that? We need to see that rematch, don't we? Like, I think that's that's another rematch of his we need to see. Uh, what are your thoughts on the BMF title anyway? I know I said some stuff about it earlier, but, like, I think that's kind of where Diaz needs to be. Like, I think that's his title. It's weird. I know it's a television title, but to, you know, use a wrestling term, but or, or mid-card title, but I think that's his. I think that's his for the... To to have, and I think maybe he could win a decision against Masvidal for that. What do you think? I liked it. I thought it was cool. I thought it was different. And I think what you asked there about the BMF title, I think, I think the UFC could do something with Nate Diaz, Jorge Masvidal. Look look at this one that's coming up. Jorge Masvidal's taking on Kobe Covington. Now Kobe Covington's not at this point where he's having these fun fights, these cool like non-title fights where everyone's incited but they're not fight really fight. Kobe Covington's at the top of his game and he's one of the best fighters in the world. But Jorge Masvidal has had two losses to the champion right now. He's 37, 38 years old. He is now sort of tailing towards the money fights, the cool fights, the big fights where you're not 
you know, you're not preparing for a title. I mean, he says he wants to get back there. Will he? Who knows? Nate Diaz, Jorge Masvidal, um, you know, so many others that are in the tail end of their careers, big names, cool guys, everyone kind of likes them. No one's really, like, against them. Um, Nick, like, your Nick Diaz, like, he could come back and get involved in this. Where Robbie Lawler, where you could put these guys in, like, I know the UFC doesn't do tournaments. I know it's not quite styled like that. But you could you could literally start matchmaking and get that BMF. Because the BMF title is like, you know, Kamaru Usman's got it right now. Because it's a whoever wins that fight who had the title. It's like, you know, it's a it's like a title. But it should just be for guy should just be on the line for against guys that are like sort of relative to that sort of lifestyle. Like that culture, like and Nate Diaz, Jorge Masvidal. That like, that was perfect. You know, that's why they made it for those two guys. But you want to see, like, really cool guys go for that belt. You don't want to see... Kobe Covington. Yeah, yeah. That's who needs that belt right now. Kamaru Uzman should be ordered to drop it because he's not really going to defend it on his own. And if he does, he should he should be defended at catch weights because that is a way for your champion to take a loss. That doesn't matter. Oh, he lost the BMF title. Who gives a damn about that? Like, But then you start to. Because it's like, hey, like imagine if Israel Adesanya and Jan Blachowicz fought for the BMF title. It's a different fight then, because they're having fun. It's an open fight. It's not Jan. It's not Jan's light heavyweight title on the line. He could just stand and bang with him. Maybe he knocks Izzy out. Maybe he does it. Maybe he stands with Izzy and he gets knocked out. Who knows, man? Who knows? I mean, it's. They need to have fun with that, and that's how you get the mileage out of Nate Diaz, you know? Um, there's so much left there, and that's why I brought up that title. And when I say so much left, it's not that he can just fight for 20 more years. It's that he has that cowboy factor, that Donald Cerrone factor, and to be fair, that Conor McGregor factor. Conor McGregor can keep fighting. That's, the knock on him is that he doesn't fight. You know, he, he, I know it's a money thing, and he's right to do it. At the same time, if he, if Conor McGregor was just fighting, he could be doing that anywhere. He could have a fight in Bellator for the BMF title. Who gives a damn? Just make the money. Unify the titles later or something like that. Just Take Nick Diaz, and before you take him out to pasture and tell him to look at the flowers, go, you know, give him a, a, a BMF title shot. Strip, strip Usman and say, we need this title on someone. We're like, you know, not you, because, like, you can't lose both titles at once. We can't afford to do that. We created this thing to make some money. We're stripping you. Done. If you argue, it's like, well, okay, I don't give a, I don't give a damn. You go up. When is Kamar Usman gonna go up and wait? When is he gonna do that? Because the problem is, is that he, huh? yeah, the the problem is though is that he's never gonna fight Adesanya, and Adesanya is like not gonna lose that belt for a long time. Adesanya so, has to move up. Adesanya yeah. shouldn't even be there. That's my whole thing. Adesanya shouldn't even be there. 
He should be fighting Paulo Costa at a heavier weight. So, like, move these guys up. We've talked a lot about a lot of stuff today, but we've only got 10 minutes or so left. So what we talked about today was quite um, important. I actually thought about, you know, the whole perspective of things, you know, the Joe Rogan stuff. Um, you know, UFC 271 was great. Um, we will preview because obviously we have fans. We, we, we miss Derek Brunson and uh, Conan Air. I mean, there's really nothing that we miss. But we didn't say anything about it. Well, I mean, let's quickly talk about it then. Jared Cannonier, for the longest time, right. has... <laughs> yeah. he, he's, for the longest time, Jared Cannonier has adopted this this approach in fighting where you fight, you you get a fight, you train, you get to the fight, you fight, you do all the, the stuff that you need to do, and then you leave. Like, he's never crossed over into, no, this is part of entertainment as well. And if I want to get involved and get in big fights and get a bigger contract because he's talked about fighter pay, I need to do more. And that was the first time, because Jared Cannonier, he mainly just wins. Like, he's a, he's a winning fighter. He's one of the top in the one of the top middle, middleweights in the world. That was the first time when he's after a win, he's got on the mic and he's done something. And I was like, finally. Like, that moment where he, he didn't even have to say anything great. It wasn't like a, it was, it was just like a little promo. But it was like, I just beat you up. Now I'm gonna now I'm gonna talk some you know I'm gonna, I'm talk some and it was like a great great performance he came back he weathered the early storm in the first round it was a weird performance I mean I'll get your opinion on Brunson in a minute but like it was a bit of a strange like he looked so out of sorts in the second round like before he even took damage it was like he was slow didn't look he looked disorientated I was a bit like what is going on but. Credit to Jared Cannonier, great performance. And when he got on the mic and he said that, you know, I turned Blonde Brunson into Blood Brunson, like, that's the, like, and the crowd little pop. It's like, you just need a bit of that. Like, he needed that. I think it was a much needed win to propel him because now it's like, yeah, let's see him against Israel Adesanya. But before that fight, if he had won and he had just won a decision and then he just went, oh, I just want to fight the, the champion now. If he had nothing of, like a hyped up, or he just said it how he normally says it, everyone would have been like, oh, I don't really want to see that. Whereas at least now, I mean, yeah, we're still probably thinking there's no way is he doesn't win that fight because Rob just beat Kanier and look what. But at least this sort of builds a little bit of a storyline. I mean, do you agree with that or, and, should I say, what was your thoughts when you were watching Derek Brunson? Like, were you... I was like, what is going on here? Yeah, I, I immediately thought about you because we always talk about when when someone steps into that octagon, we can see it in their face. He took this deep breath and it was kind of like, oh, you're about to go out there and lose, huh? It was like, he took this deep breath that wasn't, that was like, he was taken in the moment. It was the spot, the lights were too bright for him. You could tell. It, it was one of those things because he's, he's a better fighter in my opinion. Uh, he may not have had a better technique, uh, but Derek Brunson should have beat Jared Conner. He should have he should have got a, a decision win, and he should have been fighting Israel Adesanya. I don't know if he would have beat Adesanya, but Derek Brunson has a very he's like one of the last of the old school. He has an old school approach and a lot of talent, but he hasn't really 
blended those together as well as he should have. He has with his fight with his uh win win streak, he was putting some things together that were really nice, and he was really his style was really gelling. But I don't think it got to where it was supposed to. He he wouldn't have been answering out of Sonya, but he needed to do some style bending, and he knew he didn't have that. And to be honest, I think Jerry Conner does have that, uh, at least way more than uh, Derek Bronson. But I, I just think that I just think that uh, Bronson, you know, he he it was too big, too big of a moment for him. Like uh, Donald Cerrone. I mean, we were talking about him earlier, and Derek Bronson's kind of in in that old school. He's an old school guy too. Yeah. I don't like the, I don't know like gold not golden age but like silver age. One of the four only last in WEC guys on the UFC now. Exactly. So you know he's part of the the old like silver age of of UFC. And um, it's not that he's not talented. It's just that his talent need to evolve to a a, a more mixed style. It's, it's, if you look at him fight, you know what I mean. Like he's not as mixed martial arts as he should be. Like a lot of yeah, other guys. Yeah, wrestling heavy in he. Right, and that's a problem. And he went in there, and he the look on his face was like, all I know how to do is wrestle. So when he starts to mix it up with me, what am I gonna do? So that that's where I was with it. You know, yeah. Just, Derek Lewis has the same look on his face, like, oh yeah, I'm not ready for this moment either. Like this dude might not, he might knock me out. I don't care. And it was like, what the hell are y'all doing if you're going to have this look on your face right before you step into the octagon? I think um, there was a little bit of that. I think I think he was having a good first round, so maybe... I, I just don't... I don't know. Maybe I think it's perhaps more the fact that it wasn't that he was, you know, it was out of sorts because it was a big moment. I thought maybe because he started so well, I would lend to more the fact that he had success. Jared Cannonier made some adjustments and came out and the striking was more effective in the second round. And Derek Brunson didn't have the, I don't want to say capabilities, but he just didn't make the adjustments to Jared Cannonier's adjustments. And that cost him because, you know, Jared Cannonier is a better striker. Um, and when you can't get him back on the ground like he did in the second round, it showed. It was like if, you know, if, Whitaker, it was like a bit like Whitaker, where if if after a while he can get Izzy to the ground, Izzy's just going to piece him up on the feet if it just stays standing. So you, you need that element of mixed martial arts, which is quite common, but it's it's so appropriate. Like, you know, for me, it would be, you know, most people you would ask as well, what would be the one principle you would learn the most and what would be the one you would want to be a master in? And it would be wrestling because it's so effective. But when you're just a wrestler, I'm not saying he's just a wrestler, but he's predominantly a wrestler. That can cost you. No, I know exactly what you mean. Rashad Evans had that same issue, uh, and and it, it's it's what stopped him from being truly great. It's because he was so wrestle heavy. Like Daniel Cormier is the guy that put it together. Um, a guy that really disappointed me, and I I hope he listens to this one day. Johnny Hendricks, you were such a disappointment. Oh my God. He wasn't even wrestle heavy, right? He wasn't. That was the crazy part. He was just straight knockouts. And he never truly employed that wrestling to the point where it was like, wow, this guy can do anything he wants to do because he, he he's the best striker and the and the best wrestler when he steps into the you know octagon. Henry Cejudo is the guy 
they came along and showed people how you were supposed to do that. But, you know, it was just so disappointing to see someone with that much talent pretty much just throw it all away and just be one dimensional. Um, and then we're we're saying Derek, what we're saying here is that Derek Bronson has the the chance to do the same thing. Unfortunately, he hasn't yet, but I still think he has that time to turn it around and actually do the things that we we want to see out of him. I, I I know I know he doesn't have much time, but I think he's got enough time left in his career where he might be able to uh, switch camps for a little bit or just get some uh, some training to meld the, the styles together and, tr- and and be a threat, be a real threat. Yeah, I mean, there's different elements to what makes a fighter, you know, we kind of talked about that, but we do have to kind of wrap up here. We're just quickly going to preview UFC Vegas 48 this Saturday, um, headlined by Johnny Walker and Jamal Hill. It's, you know, another fight night. Um, it's been a good show, but we do sort of always end on a bit of a lull with these fight nights because sometimes they aren't great. But I think this one's a little bit better. If you look at the names here, Johnny Walker is always an exciting, you know, say what you want about Johnny Walker with how professional he is, with his dancing, and I think he's calmed that down a little bit with how he sort of acts in that um, octagon. His last fight wasn't exactly box office, but I think he will be back with a bang. Jamal Hill is a rising star in that light heavyweight division. Kyle Dawkins, um, brother Chris Dawkins in the co-main event. You've got Jim Miller, uh, veteran, legend, loads of wins. I think he's tied for, he's got, I think he's got multiple records in the UFC. And Joaquin Buckley, who you will know from the spinning kick, most famous video in UFC history. Um, how are those names, Sean? Like, just quickly, like, what would you be looking for forward to most? Would it be Buckley, you know, J- Jim Miller, Kyle Dawkins, Johnny Walker, Jamal Hill, or anyone just, else on the card? Just Johnny Walker. Um, yeah. You know, he needs to, he needs to redeem himself for uh, where we all thought he was going, and he never got there. You know, like he needs to get there, and we're gonna give him the time and the space to do so. And he needs to uh, step it up. I'm, I'm looking forward to him doing that. So we will recap this weekend's fights. We'll preview what is to come the week after. But for myself and Sean, this has been another episode of the Weekend Warrior show presented to you by MMA Torch. As always, thank you guys for listening. Take care and see you next Monday.
Jamal Hill.